One objection we frequently hear from trucking companies when talking about implementing the Truckers Against Trafficking training is that since they aren't over the road or spending the night in locations where they may be solicited for commercial sex, that our training doesn't apply to them. Their drivers are home every night and won't see trafficking take place. And I wish that were true, but unfortunately it isn't. Traffickers will take their victims wherever they think they can make money. They are adaptable, so we must adapt. Many companies who have only or mostly regional or local drivers are now recognizing that their folks are in a unique place to recognize and report trafficking on their more local routes, as you'll hear from our guest today. Hello everyone, my name is Helen Hofer and I'm the Freedom Driver Project Director for Truckers Against Trafficking, or TAT, and you're listening to our podcast, Driving Freedom. My co-host today is Laura Cyrus. This is someone you'll recognize uh, if you're a regular listener to this podcast. Laura, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Helen. I'm so glad to be back. It's always exciting to do Driving Freedom podcast here with you, our excellent leader in this space. It's so fun. It's really exciting for me because we have, obviously, another great professional driver, one of our ambassadors that's going to be on with us. And the topic is just something that I think is super important, super relevant. We are still hearing this common objection, or maybe it's just more of a fear, really, that this training or this work in general just doesn't apply to certain drivers because they aren't sort of what many people would consider over the road or long haul, right, in the traditional sense. And I I think back to that conversation we had a few episodes ago with Arian Taylor and, you know, often sharing this fact that here was this driver, he was waiting to unload right? He wasn't at a fuel stop or anywhere really taking a break. He was just waiting to unload his trailer. And he was able to assist someone in a meaningful way. And we know that the crime of human trafficking is taking place in a multitude of venues, right? Not simply places where long haul truckers are parking for the night. And so I think with that, let's bring on our our guest today. So we have America's road team captain and one of our TAT ambassadors, Tim Taylor, who is a road driver with FedEx. Tim, welcome and thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you for having me and thank you for letting me be a part of such a great topic and it's so important that we get the message of human trafficking out there so we can put a stop to this horrible crime. So thank you for letting me be a part. Yeah, thank you for just sharing your expertise. Just Laura, as you were talking, I'm just struck by just how long we've been able to work together, working with the American Trucking Association and the America's Road Team, and just how great of a partner they've been and helping to get the word out there and train and equip and provide these opportunities for such critical members of the industry, the drivers, <laughs> to be able to share about this and share with other drivers about it. So I wanted to hop in and, and say thank you so much as well. Yeah. So why trucking? Tim, tell us how you got into the industry and what that looked like for you and, and why you've you've had um, such a, a long career within this industry. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I have had a long career. <laughs> I've been in this career for over 30 years now. Well, I've always driven something my whole life. At the age of 11 years old, you know, I was out in the fields of South Georgia, you know, driving a tractor. So I've always had some sort of steering wheel in my hand. I absolutely love it. You know, I get out every day and I have the best office view in the world. So, you know, it's an ever-changing mm-hmm. office view. So I love the trucking industry. There's always something different to see, somewhere different to go, different people to meet. So I love the ever-changing uh, part of trucking. And, and, you know, absolutely meeting the needs of our nation. Trucking industry is actually being a very vital part 
of our nation's economy, getting medical supplies to people and moving, you know, things that people need in this pandemic. So yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Side note right there, I just want to stick a pin in that and just recognize all of the drivers out there that are listening to this. Just really, you know, you guys have been the unsung heroes for a long time, um, moving this <laughs> this country, moving everything that all of us use and, and consume, right? Just a little plug to say thank you, not only to you, Tim, but to all of our thank drivers you. listening. Just we really, truly, truly appreciate what you do. So <laughs> yeah. So, Tim, tell us what a typical day looks like for you. What is a typical day in the life of you as a, a road driver for FedEx? Well, the typical day for me as a road driver with FedEx, you know, always consists of, uh, I do a what we call a line haul run to Atlanta, Georgia. I do a meet and turn, and I meet Nashville, Tennessee there, and we just swap freight, and then I turn around and come home every night, you know, I'm at home. Or, you know, some of our line haul runs actually run to our hub system, you know, which runs at nighttime, maybe to Orlando, maybe to Atlanta. Typical day is just running back and forth on I-75 uh, up to Atlanta, Georgia. And were you always running like a, a line haul or what are other routes that you've driven? Oh, I've absolutely driven other routes. I've run the hub system down to Orlando at nighttime. Uh, probably did that about eight to 10 years, somewhere along that time span. Also did a meet and turn in Montgomery, Alabama, and I met Jackson, Mississippi over there. So out of uh, South Georgia, I've kind of run right here in the Southeastern region is mainly where I stay at. And of course, with America's Road Team, I've driven all over the nation uh, with some of the uh, trucks that we have going to different events. And I have to say, just hearing you talk about driving, I like I miss being at all these events where I'm just talking to other drivers in the trucking industry. I just feel this like familiarity, like coming back of like, oh, I can't wait to like just be in the room with a bunch of our guys and working on this together in person. And I'm loving that. So a little nostalgia. Uh, can you share some stories that stood out to you in your career? Something maybe that was odd? We know drivers see a lot of things out on the road. And so I'd love to hear some of your own experiences. No, no, I'm always seeing some things out there on the highway that kind of, you know, I have to question and, and, you know, especially some of the driving habits of, of the motors that we share the highway with. So, I mean, that's for another topic uh, as far as safety related, but um, I've had some loads that I've hauled that have been some strange loads. For example, I hauled a load of copper wires that was so expensive and I could not stop in route until I got to my destination. So that load right there was a very, very um, eye-opening experience because I'm used to stopping and taking a break somewhere. And I think it was because of the value of the load that I was hauling. Wow. Yeah, you don't even, like, I never would have thought, like, of course someone would have to oh, haul yes. that somewhere. But, yeah, never would have considered that before. That's crazy. But, 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 but of course, you know, I've hauled everything from medical supplies to farm equipment to keep an assembly line going. So, you know, it just shows the importance of the uh, trucker's job out here, you know, to keep an assembly line going. It's got to be there and you got to get it there somehow. And it's all have to, it all has to be hauled by truck. Is that why you joined the America's Road Team? Because, right, I mean, not only are you a driver, but you are literally advocating for the industry. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. As far as the, the road team, um, it, it's all about safety. And that was a 
part of the road team that I want to get involved in was to get the message of safety out there to, you know, teach the motor and public how to share the roads with our commercial vehicles and actually teach the um, people in our industry what our industry is all about. Promote, you know, safer highways. Well, speaking of promoting safer highways, I, I wonder if you could tell us the first time that you heard about trafficking or the first time you heard about TAT in general and sort of how did that hit you? How did that impact you? And would just love to hear kind of the origins of, of you and, and this, this work. Yeah. The first time that I heard about TAT was at the Georgia Truck Driving Championship at Lake Lanier, Georgia. There was a lady there at the time. I didn't know who it was. I know who it is now, but she was speaking to a group of us drivers, us competitors down in the bullpen. And I had never heard about, you know, truckers against trafficking. And when she spoke and she told us about it, it really made an impact on me. From that point, I really wanted to get involved. I, I do remember at that event, Tat had the trailer there. So I did get to go in and see, you know, everything that was in the trailer and some of the stories. And it just made an impact. I love that. I love that connection, Tim. Yep, it was a great connection. And thank you for doing that, Helen. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I didn't know you at the time. And I'm glad that yeah. we shared our stories and we, we got to know each other. And But absolutely, becoming an America's road team captain and becoming an ambassador for TAT uh, has been a highlight of my career. I've got to share with people that I never would have got to share with before about, you know, the crime of human trafficking. But, um, yeah, I was first TAT trained down there in Georgia at Georgia TDC. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for those opportunities to get to share with drivers and make those connections and see, right, where that takes you and kind of the the ability you have then to have those conversations with other people. You you kind of touched on that, but what have been some of those conversations you've been able to have about TAT that have stood out to you? For instance, I'll tell you that when I was in Orlando back in January of last year, I got to speak to a foundation down there. And at the time, I didn't know how many mayors was in the group, but presenting to the uh, mayors down there and the people that was there at that group, they received it well. They didn't know that, you know, that truckers had something that they could go to and resources they could go to to combat the crime of human trafficking. But the most important thing to me was the feedback that I got at the end of the presentations when I had the one-on-one -on -one conversations. For example, I had a conversation with a mayor. She just lived somewhere outside of Birmingham. I can't remember the county, but she told me between Atlanta and Birmingham, there's a lot of human trafficking that goes on on the I-20. And she said she never knew that truckers, you know, could play a, such a vital role in it. And she was absolutely right because, you know, I'm one of 3.6 million truckers out there that, you know, my eyes can see what's going on. My ears can listen to see what, to hear what's going on. And I think that's a great tie-in um, to today's episode too, which is, you know, you, you highlight the millions of CDL holders that are out there. Not all of them. I mean, just like you, you're not over the road, right? Staying in, in places um, overnight in your truck. But there are still opportunities for you that's home every night to be seeing this crime potentially. And the same is true for city drivers. 
you know, anybody that's just operating regionally, locally, I mean, everybody really needs to see this training and understand their particular intersections and how it could apply with their daily job. And so I just wonder, Tim, if you can share, you know, any potential stories or any of the red flags that you have seen over the course of your your time as a driver, um, just to maybe help illuminate. But just if you could speak to your experience with seeing red flags. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do have a story that I can share. And I was running our hub system back early on in my career. And uh, I was running down to Orlando, Florida on I-75 South. Uh, It was myself and several of my uh, fellow associates that was in the group that night. And we decided to pull off at a place that we always pulled off at because, you know, we pull doubles. We have to kind of pick and choose where we stop and take our breaks and stuff like that because, you know, you can't back a set of doubles up. You got to find a place to pretty much pull through. And wow, this had to be back in the early 2000s. And what I remember about this incident was we did have some CV chatter going on before we got to where we was going to pull off our break. We heard some things on the CV that, you know, now that I'm in Tat Ambassador that I know that, you know, there was commercial sex going on in the area. But what stands out to me about this particular event was we stopped and a car pulled in behind us. So there was a young lady that got out of the car and there was an older Mm -hmm. A middle-aged lady that got out of the other side of the car. She was driving. A middle-aged lady was driving. The young lady that got out, she could only have been somewhere between the ages of 15 and 20. What I know now was the young lady was not in control of the situation. I know now that the older middle-aged lady was controlling the whole situation of what the younger lady was doing. So that's one of the red flags that I wish I had known back then that I know now. What I did then, I knew something within my gut was wrong. And so we got our break over and I told the guys, I said, hey, we got to get out of here. You know, something just ain't right about this because this was a minor. They were all in commercial sex. And I just knew within my within my gut that it was wrong. Gotta say it. If it is a minor, that is automatically a victim of human trafficking. Where they're right. In this situation, you're seeing signs, right? You're seeing someone who's underage. And you're seeing another individual who is involved in the situation besides the, the, the minor. That's a sign of trafficking, no matter the age of the individual being sold. But Tim, can you tell us a little bit more about that situation? What time of day was it? What did it look like when they were walking towards you? Can you describe the people? So this was probably about 1030 at night. It was at an um, area that we always stopped at. Describing the people, the lady being a middle-aged white lady, she was, looked like a grandmother. The young lady, when she got out of the car, she was dressed kind mm-hmm. of provocatively, if I remember correctly. Uh, she had on a short skirt and like a halter top. So the two didn't match up, but something just was not right. It just was not right. What I recognize now as a human trafficking problem that was going on right in my midst was the middle-aged lady was sitting back in the background watching what was going on while the young lady was working. The middle-aged lady was in control of the whole situation. And I think that that's important to to kind of call out, you know, just an additional point for listeners is I think a lot of times, you know, we think of traffickers or pimps as being men, 
right, as being this crime is mostly <laughs> perpetuated by traffickers that are male. And that's not always the case. I mean, here you, you've you said it, a middle-aged, you know, older middle-aged white woman who looked like a grandmother, you know, not maybe what we initially think of when we think of traffickers. But I think one of the great things about the training that TAT offers is that it really helps people understand that there is no neat box necessarily that that traffickers or that victims can fit into. And so just being mindful of those red flags as you are out there over the road, as you're looking and seeing different things just to not necessarily put people in boxes, right? In a good way or a bad way, but just to be open and to keep your eyes open and to really be looking for those red flags. And so Tim, I want to ask, did you notice that the young woman, was she going like to different trucks? Was she going truck to truck or or what did that look like? No, absolutely. Uh, In this case, she wasn't. We absolutely got followed into the place where we were taking our break Okay. Now, we were talking on our CBs and we heard some chatter. So uh, absolutely, I think we got followed into the place where we stopped at that night. And what what did you hear on the chatters? On that instance, that particular night, I can't I can't honestly remember, but I can tell you some things that I have heard worn by some of the um, places where, you know, there's fuel stops and rest areas and whatnot. I've heard, does anybody need any commercial company? Uh, Does anybody want to be my daddy tonight things like that you know it's the typical code words so to speak that you would hear out on the cb so tim why are you a tat ambassador one like why do you want to represent tat but two why does it matter within the trucking industry well i'm so glad to be a part of the link that could break that chain you know there are so many of us truckers out there that we could actually break the links of human trafficking if we just get trained and know what to look for and see the signs you know and listen to what's going on around us especially when we're pulling over to take a rest break or if we're pulling over to fuel mm-hmm. our trucks we've got to be on guard every time that we make a stop you know just like whenever we get ready to haul our loads every day. We do a good pre-trip on our tractors and trailers. We know what to look for. We've been trained on what to look for. It's the same with human trafficking. You've got to be trained. You've got to know what to look for, what stands out, what doesn't stand out, what's Mm -hmm. not right. Like me, I didn't, I wasn't trained back whenever I had this experience, but my gut told me something wasn't right. It's better to make a call and get and get someone out of a potential human trafficking situation than to not call and them stay in a lifetime of slavery. I'm going to call it like it is. It's modern day slavery. And when I come in contact with new associates or if I meet other truck drivers out there, I'm always telling them, have you heard about TAT? There's an app on your phone that you can download for, for TAT. You know, we are uniquely positioned to combat this because we're we are on the major corridors of our nation's highways every day. But let me uh, say this, it's not just limited to Atlanta, Georgia, limited to your backyard, my backyard. In a small town of Valdosta, Georgia, human trafficking is taking place every day. We have to be equipped, we have to be ready to combat this, to get a person out of the lifestyle of, of slavery. I have loved that about working in the trucking industry, but just acknowledging this quick flip from, oh, I would do something if I knew what it was. I am already trained to be super observant, but I just haven't been given the tools to know what to do. And so how easy and how great it is to share our 30 minute training video, our wallet card, our TAT app, 
This is a fantastic free tool that anyone can use. And when you're equipping an industry, talk about equipping people who are ready to make such an impact on the front lines. Do you have any last advice or anything else you would like to share? Absolutely. Whenever you're at your dinner table at nighttime, talk to your family about human trafficking. Just remember that those conversations around the dinner table are very important ones. Make sure that they know the signs of human trafficking and what could potentially happen so that they don't fall victim to it. So we just need to be aware of what's going on around us. So I would say, hey, get trained, find all the resources that you can, research it, because you can make a difference in somebody's life. Be the difference maker. To quote one of your your fellow road team captains, I won't say his name. He won't mind that I'm sharing this. But he said to me once, Laura, we as drivers, we are trained to read every sign, to notice all of our, our surroundings as we're driving down the highway. Imagine what we, the greater we as the, the army of America's trucking industry could do if we were all trained to recognize and report on this crime and just how many people we could potentially impact. And that the way he phrased that has just stuck with me for a long time. So Tim, thank you so much for being with us today and for your work to help combat human trafficking both on and off the road. The story and the information that you shared provides just, I think, a really unique and and valuable insight to all drivers, but especially those that are potentially home every night, no matter where you sleep or, you know, where you're driving during the day or whatever. I mean, we all have to use the bathroom. We all have to take a break. We all have to eat lunch or dinner or whatever midnight snack it might be. So just reminding people to to keep your eyes open. Remember that this crime is, is not just taking place or not just on the periphery of sort of long haul drivers, but it can be local, regional as well. And so if you would like to get trained, if you would like to be a part of this, you know, please ask your company to implement this training or just go to our website, truckersagainsttrafficking.org, because as Tim mentioned, there are no better people, I think, uniquely positioned to be a part of this. Thank you so much, Tim. We are so glad to have you on this episode. So excited that you shared your story. Like Tim, keep your eyes and ears open for those red flag behaviors. And we are looking for Harriet Tubman Award winner nominations right now. We are looking to hear more of these stories. Stories of drivers who you made the call into the national hotline number or a 911. Email us at tat.truckers at gmail.com. And we acknowledge that not everyone is interested in kind of the, the accolades or the prize money that comes with that. But sharing your story encourages other people. Knowing you are not alone, you are not the only one who's seeing this, and the impact that that call can make a world of difference. Call them in as soon as you see something because you are the ones who truly are driving freedom.